Thank you for tuning in to Conroe United Pentecostal Church today. We pray that this podcast is a blessing to you. If there is ever anything we can do for you, please email admin at conroeupc.org. Amen. It was August of 2001. Things hadn't gone so well for Patrick Collier in the last few months. 35 years of age, unemployed, no place to stay. You and I would categorize him as homeless. He would find some work in a day labor place. He would get up early, go out in the morning and get in line to find a little work at the day labor company. But on a Saturday morning, August, Patrick and his girlfriend, Sandy, went down to the local McDonald's in Holly Hills, Florida. As they were eating their Big Mac, taking care of he handed them a printed certificate for $1 million. It was a random selection. It was one of those photo ops when it would be a certificate that would be a larger version of a check, which would be for $1 million. But in all reality that day, after the photo op was over with, Patrick and and Sandy were both handed, uh, they were handed together a, a single check for one million dollars. Oh, that my name was Patrick. Amen. This was a random selection. There, there was no method whatsoever used except that this particular manager of a McDonald's was instructed by those in a high corporate office somewhere that today your store has been chosen to randomly give one million dollars away and so the manager randomly chose this couple whom appeared might have a few needs when Patrick was approached because of his station in life he felt like he might have done something wrong but uh, oh was he surprised when the check came out and the cameras came out it appears that during that season there was that famous game that had gone on with McDonald's for a long time and there was a scandal that had happened connected with the McDonald's Monopoly game. Now I remember some of you collecting those game pieces. Nobody ever admitted that they did it but whenever you would go you would look at the piece you got and you would tell everybody all I need is and you would tell them what it was that you needed but this company was going through a scandal and some public embarrassment at the time. The FBI had come in and was conducting an investigation concerning this McDonald's monopoly game. This was something that was quite embarrassing for the company. Many, many, of, many people were just waiting for that one single magic game piece to come through, but it seemed that it never did because there, there was a single employee in the company that was assisting McDonald's and, and managing 
managing and marketing this game. There was a single employee who kept taking the game pieces and, and, and strategically getting his hand on that right game piece. And when the investigation came to fruition, they realized that a single employee had taken more than $13 million from the company. So in an effort to overcome the bad publicity, in an effort to overcome the embarrassment, the public humiliation, uh, the mark on their reputation, uh, the company, you know, as McDonald's said, we will award some random prizes, one of which would be this random $1 million gift to somebody in a McDonald's on a particular day at a particular time for Patrick for Patrick and Sandy, uh, McDonald's says that uh, this was not uh, a moment that had been designed or this was not a moment where they had worked hard and arranged things, but it was simply a matter of being in the right place uh, at the right time. And there's no doubt in my mind that Patrick and Sandy, they understood it was just purely the random choice uh, of a manager that had been selected by by higher officers in a corporation that had been told, today you make this choice and you take care of this situation. Simply, they were in the right place at the right time. That is my thought to you this morning. The right place at the right time. I, I, I've come this morning to, to, to tweak your faith a bit. I've come this morning to, to challenge your heart and to challenge your, your faith. Because as a church and as a body, we've prayed for a good season. And we fasted for a season and we've sacrificed and we've given uh, corporately these last several days. But for many of us and many of you, it's been quite a season that you have sought the face of God and you've been expecting God to hear your cry and to take care of circumstances in your life. But as a church, I believe that we're standing in a right place, in a right moment, in a right time. I believe as many of you believe that, that there is a confidence uh, and, and there is a faith that is building today in our church that somewhere today or in these next few days uh, there's going to be a Holy Ghost uh, break out inside of our church. Uh, that there's going to be a press break out of the Spirit uh, in your family. A break out of the Spirit uh, in your life. And, and we've designated this time as Spirit Breakout uh, but better yet, I believe there's somebody here today that's been hungry for the things of God. You've desired a witness of the Spirit. You're anxious for a manifestation of the glory and the wonder of the Holy Ghost. And I'm confident today that there is about to be a Spirit break out in somebody's life. You've arrived like Patrick and Sandy did. You just managed to get yourself to the house of God. God today, but I believe it just might be the Holy Ghost might randomly decide, you know what, I'm about to speak blessing into your life. The Holy Ghost might just decide it's this moment that I'm going to speak, I'm going to speak an answer to prayer into your life. And so this morning, if you've been seeking the face of God, I'm here today to say the moment has arrived. You're in the right place. You're in the right time. It's time to be encouraged. 
discouraged. It's time to be excited. It's time to be ready to respond. It's time to be able to lift up your voice. It's time to, it's time to be ready to move in the Holy Ghost. It's time to see your prayers answered. It's time. It's time to hear the voice of God in your, in your life. Amen, 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 amen. And in Luke chapter 8, verse number, verse number 40, you find a coming together of a lot of moving pieces. You find there is a there's a converging, there is a there's a coming together. It's it's like there's an intersection that has different streets uh, all coming in the same place, and, and you know, and and you have to. It's it's never easy to navigate through that kind of an intersection, and sometimes uh, there's even a roundabout place to, where there is a number of intersections come together. But I think there in in Luke chapter eight. Uh, you see, it's almost as like you, you're approaching what's going on and, and you find yourself entering into a roundabout with a whole lot of things merging into the picture at the same time. It reads this way. It came to pass that when Jesus was returned that the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. First, the first uh, people in the roundabout today is, is, of course, Jesus arrives. But when he arrives, he finds some people who gladly receive him, for they have been waiting for him. I think there's little doubt in our hearts and minds and spirits today that the Master would, would really like to manifest himself in our church today, tonight, and these next few days. And I think there's little doubt that you and I understand that. That if we'll come to that place of meeting, that he will already be there when we arrive. But when Jesus arrived at this place, there were people that were already there. And they gladly received him, for they were waiting on him. Can you imagine being part of that crowd that day? When Jesus arrives, you were already there. When Jesus arrives, the people were already there. They were excited to see him. They were ready to receive him. They were ready for something to happen in their lives at that moment. There ought to be a church family here that starts to get excited at some point these next few days. Because when the Holy Ghost arrives, you're ready to receive it. And when the miracle arrives, you're ready to receive it. And when the answer arrives, you're ready to receive it. Because it's a divine, it's a coming together, and you know it's the place and you know it's the time and you know the master has arrived at that moment to take care of the circumstances in verse 41 and so then behold there came a man named Jairus and he was a ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus feet and besought him that he would come into his house and you understand and know this story so well that Jairus the ruler of the temple had a young 12 year old girl that was about 
to pass away. And something moved in his spirit because he, though, though he had a girl, a girl that was about to pass, there was something that held him. There was restraints upon his life. There was constraints on his life. There, there, there was the fact that he was, he was a, a leader, of a ruler of the synagogue. He didn't have the freedom and the liberty to come to Jesus. There was a social pressure. There was a religious pressure upon Jairus. You don't go to that itinerant preacher. You don't go to that Pentecostal church. You don't go down there where they talk in tongues. There's a little restraint, a little hold back that's being pressed upon him because of social pressure. But in this chapter, verse, uh, verses number 40 and 41 of Luke chapter 8, we discover that there is arriving at this scene. There is Jesus who has arrived. There is a crowd of people that has arrived and they're excited and they're ready to receive Jesus upon his arrival. And there's a man that's coming that's got a situation in his life that's been there for a while and is about to lose a 12-year-old dream. This little girl of his is about to pass and God arrives. The people arrive and then arrives Jairus onto the scene. Now, there's three things that have emerged into this, this roundabout. You've got a God who will do anything. You've got people that are anxious and hungry. And now you've got a leader of the temple who ought not to be there by the social pressure. But there was something that had rolled over in his spirit that says, it doesn't matter what, the, it doesn't matter what my formal religion says. It doesn't matter what social pressure says. I've got a circumstance in my life and I've got to get myself in the presence of a healer. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter who sees me there. It doesn't matter what's going on. I need to get in the presence of Jesus Christ. And so arriving on the scene in almost the same moment is a God who's ready. Is a, is a church who is ready and a man who is hungry for the witness of the Holy Ghost into his life. I just can't help but believe this next few days there's going to be a convergence in the spirit realm and there's going to be a convergence in the natural and there's people that's going to arrive and there's a God that's already arrived and there's some specifics there's some men who have problems there's some ladies who have problems there's some situations that's facing death but there's coming a converging and a coming together of those things hallelujah hallelujah Verse 42, for he had only daughter about 12 years old, and she was dying. But as he went, the people thronged him. And then, of course, arriving on this scene at the same moment, again, we, we, we find the picture of the lady whom had the issue of blood. I might, I might notice, you might take note that, uh, that her issue was 12 years as well. She had, she had been sick for 12 years. There was a 12-year-old girl represented uh, by her dad. Uh, there was a 12-year-old dream that was about to die. But also, right there at the same time, there was a 12-year-old problem that was, that was coming to a head at the same moment. Uh, might I suggest this Sunday morning that if it's dreams that are dying or problems that's been being dealt with a long time, when things begin to come together and there's a divine 
divine alignment that can take place in your life. And when the time is right and the place is right and the crowd is right and the God is right and the need is right and everything comes into that divine alignment, something, something is ready to happen. And so now in our roundabout of, of this intersection, I'm finding a God who's anxious. I'm finding people who are moved and determined for a witness of the Spirit, uh, ready to receive God, whatever, whatever He would want in their lives. I find, I find a dad who's arrived uh, just wanting to keep the dream alive. And, and then I find a woman who arrives who's got this issue of blood for low these 12 years. You know I love this story. I have used this story in 25 years, uh, at least 2,500 times, I know, because there's not many moments uh, that I begin to realize that, that I begin to feel faith rise in my spirit that this little lady doesn't march herself right on to the front page of my mind. I found her on the front page of books that I've read. I found her, it seems like when I get ready to seek the Lord, I find this lady with the issue of blood charging to the forefront of my mind and of my spirit. Because we knew and we understand she had an issue of blood and she was dealing with a, a fountain of blood. She was dealing with, with a blood issue within her, within her body. But in all reality, I like to just to suggest uh, drop off the physical part of it and maybe suggest that there was a woman who had an issue for, for a long time. And so, so today, uh, I, want, I want to point out something here now that God's arrived and the crowd's arrived and, and now that there's a man who's trying to keep the dream alive has arrived and then, and then arrives somebody who's been dealing with an issue for a long, long time. Do you realize uh, what can happen? When the God and the people and the need and the dream and the issues all arrive in the house of God at the same time. Church family, I'm here this Sunday morning to declare issues are going to rise up, but we're going to have victory over that. Dreams are going to try to die, but the dream ain't about to die. There's a God that's arriving at this place. There's a crowd of people. There's a church family. There's a group of folk who are anxious and hungry to receive the power and the wonder of the Holy Ghost. You're ready for the miraculous. You're ready for the outpouring. You're ready for the glory. You're ready for the wonder. You have prayed for the wonder. You have sacrificed for the manifestation. You have endeavored hard and worked deeply and prayed longly for a witness of the Holy Ghost. And there's no doubt that moment has arrived. It's no doubt that you're going to see something incredible take place in this tabernacle these next few days. Ah, ah, ah. Can you imagine? I don't know what you're dealing with now. I could probably look at your face because I know you for the most part. I could randomly pull some struggle of your life out and we could hang it up for all to see or we could simply hang it up for you to see. But let's not do it publicly, but do it behind the screen of your face within, within the, the laptop of your life. Look at that screen and realize I've been dealing with this thing for a while. I, I, I've been hoping this would come to pass 
for a while. I've been praying about this for a while. I've been fasting and trusting God in this manner for a while. Please understand, you have given, you have prayed, you have fasted, you have sought God, and the master has stepped into the roundabout of this church. There's a church family that has prayed with you, and they're standing in that roundabout today in the spirit, and they're anticipating, and they're waiting. And please understand, whether you bring a dying dream or an issue that's lasted long, there's about to be a divine convergence. Some of you got some kids that's about to have a miracle in their life. Some of you have faced some finances that's about to be turned around. It's about to be all different for you. Some of you have dealt with an issue down deep in the core of your spirit, but it's about to be healed. It's about to be filled. God's about to heal it. God's about to feel it. God's about to seal that thing. Ah. <laughs> Timing and placement is so important. I, I seem to remember a gospel singer who wrote a song about somebody that was passing out $100 bills down the street. And because he was so caught up in some kind of a spirit, please understand the tongue-in-cheek way that I speak right now. But the words of the chorus said this, I got stoned and I missed it. I got stoned and I missed it. I went and found the lyrics again. I don't think you'd want to, that's about the only lyric that, that could possibly pass by the church muster today, all right? Because uh, it's talk about smoking dope and all kind of other stuff and, and missed out on the moment in time that it happened right there. But might I suggest this today? The last thing that I want to happen when we hit this roundabout that's taking place, when we, when we come and do this converging of things that God is working on wanting wanting to do in our church and around us. The last thing we need to do is allow a distraction to keep us from receiving what God's got planned. The last thing we need to allow to happen is something to get our attention and draw us off to keep us from being able to focus. We don't need our prayer to be stolen. We don't need our desires to be to be worldly. We don't need to be caught up in things that are not right and not godly. But I say, he is arriving. The church is ready. There's a moment for the miraculous to unfold and the last thing we want is to let this moment pass the last thing we want is to let the opportunity get by you for him to hear your cry amen amen you see Bartimaeus realized in his life that timing and and it was was important and and location was important and, and there he was on the side of the road and all he could do was was here. And the pathway that Jesus was taking was not a was not a direct pathway to where he was. And so he understand uh, my, my timing is just a little off and my and my placement is not perfect. But I, I figure if I start yelling a little bit, if I start crying out a little bit, if I start calling out to him just a little bit, uh, he may pause and, and he, he, I, might, I might find a way to get his attention. And so you understand that Bartimaeus realized uh, this was my chance. And if I let this chance pass me, understand something, church, uh, you better get your mind made up. Uh, I'm not going to let the opportunity of the Spirit uh, pass me by. Uh, some of you 
have had some spiritual seasons pass you by, but hear me, we will not allow a spiritual season to pass us by. We're not going to allow a moving of the Holy Ghost. We're not going to allow this converging of the plan of God. We refuse to let that pass by. There ought to be somebody that starts shouting out, Jesus, don't pass us by. Master, come this way. Lord, I'm over here. Lord, don't go by me. Lord, here I am. Amen. There was that Syrophoenician woman whom that had her, her timing. Her timing was, was, was a little early because, because Jesus told her he hadn't come for the Gentile people yet. Uh, but her placement was good. She was in the right place. Uh, the timing wasn't quite exactly right. Uh, but she just decided what I'm going to do is we're fixing to change the time. We're fixing to get his attention in such a way. He's here and he's telling me no. But I'm going to keep praying. And I'm going to keep seeking God. What she did was she fell down on her face, uh, grabbed him by the feet uh, and started worshiping him and it just stopped uh, everything at that moment. Uh, That moment had arrived. The timing had arrived. She had her hands wrapped around the feet uh, of a God who could work that miracle. She had a mess at her house. Uh, She had a daughter that was full of the devil. She had stuff going on back at the house. Uh, But right now, I'm on my face and right now, I'm in the presence of God and right now, I'm going to grab a hold of him and I'm going to cry out and he's not going to leave me in this situation somebody needs to decide I'm not staying in this mess and so a moment had arrived and the place was right and you and I as a church we have arrived at a moment when some things are are coming together you know You pray for revival, and you pray for things to happen. You pray for a raise on your job. You you, you get people working with you and praying with you for things like this to happen. And when they happen, you're, you're you're able to rejoice. But... But there's that moment, you and I, and I've, we've talked of timing and, and, and this moment now. This is the fourth week in a row that somehow this, this subject has, has been approached from, from this pulpit. But right now, where we're at as a church, we're at a place where the timing is right. We're at a place now where the placement is right. You and I have, have done the things that, that, that we know is right. It's like the disciples who, who have been sent to the upper room and and they're supposed to wait there until they be endued with power from on high. They knew something was going to happen. They didn't know what it was. They knew that they'd been sent there with a mission. They they were there on a mission, each of them together creating a commission that would allow allow something wonderful to happen there in, in, in in that upper room. And they arrived there they prayed and, and they prayed and they prayed. There were some who wearied and decided to check out. Some decided they'd leave a little early and run down and get a little refreshment. Maybe even, even come back. But there were a few that allowed a moment to pass. But there were 120 of those 500 that stayed there.
there for those 10 days. They had no idea when it would come. They had no idea what would come. They didn't understand how, what. They didn't have any comprehension of what it was going to be. But when that moment arrived and the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one accord and they were in one place. There were people that were hungry that were ready to receive from God. There was a God that was there and there were people there that were obeying his word. And when all of that came together, there was a Pentecost. And I suggest that some of you have been praying and seeking the Lord. You have given. You have sacrificed. You have given of time and finance. You have prayed. You have sought the Lord. You have been faithful. But here I am this Sunday morning to declare this first service of this month that it's time for a breakout in the Holy Ghost. And it's time for all of these things to come together. And so when you come into this house uh, next Sunday, you come realizing when I get there, something's going to happen. You show back up tonight, say, when we arrive, we're going to pray, we're going to worship, but something is going to happen. Some things are coming together. Our prayers, our sacrifice, these things are coming together. It's time. It's the moment when things come together. Now, we attended the wedding of a nephew this week. And I I couldn't help but remember great moments in in my own life as I observed Cameron. Because I I remember days in, for instance, would graduate from high school. That would be a moment that we'd build to. Couldn't wait for that night to walk across, uh, walk across the stage, and then, then after that was over with, and everybody got together, had a party, went out to eat, or whatever we did that night. Uh, the next morning, to wake up and realize uh, I'm still the same fella. I remember graduating from college, uh, the same thing. Work hard, lots of hours, lots of study. Ten thousand papers had been written. We arrive at that moment of graduation, walk across the stage, uh, and when we pass beyond it, only to realize uh, there's no real uh, unbelievable miracle taking place. Uh, my name hadn't changed. I still lived the same place. There hadn't been a lot of things that miraculously happened. And so, and so even, even at wedding times and, and other big moments of life, you realize that you work to the moment. And then if you're not careful, you let, the, you let the reality of where you are and the everyday life of where you are pull you down into the same habits and the same routines that you got in before the big moment. But understand something today, church. Understand something today, Conroe. We're not, we're not arriving at this moment to say, okay, we're going to rest on our laurels. We're going to enjoy the blessings. We're going to get on the wave and ride the wave and crest. And when it's over with, it'll just be over with. But no, I say, when this Holy Ghost comes and the people come and the needs all arise and the miracle arrives, that we're not going to rest on that and say, oh, well, we have arrived. Oh, well, it's going to happen, but we're going to pray more than we prayed and we're going to seek God more than we've sought God and we're going to work in the Holy Ghost more than we have worked for the Holy Ghost (laughs) hallelujah you see it's time and these things are coming together but we don't begin to rest and relax but we keep pushing Zacchaeus that very same day that Bartimaeus had gotten God's attention Zacchaeus felt that 
Same desperate need for his life to come together. He'd heard the same word that Bartimaeus had heard that Jesus was coming. This was the smallest guy in a big crowd. This was a little guy with issues and problems and hang-ups and disappointments. And this was a little guy that, that his dreams never did quite come to pass. He, he, he realized that I'm a little guy in a big crowd and I ain't getting no bigger. And I'm not getting no taller and, and nothing else is, is coming my way. He couldn't even see over to get a glimpse of what was supposed to be happening. So something moved in Zacchaeus' spirit and he started climbing. He, he reached over and found him a sycamore tree and got the first limb and hooked an arm over it and swung a leg and hooked the leg. You ever climbed a tree? It's really, it's really not a dignified way to climb a tree. It's not dress. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not ladies in dress appropriate type uh, activity at that moment because there's going to be a leg that's going to go up and have to hook the next limb. An arm that's going to have to hook over it. You're going to find yourself in some of those moments when climbing when the part that's supposed to be lower is going to be higher than the part that's supposed to be higher. And you're going to find yourself in a tumultuous, uh, confused place uh, when you decide, I'm going to do whatever it takes uh, and I'm going to climb to whatever height uh, it's going to take uh, for me just uh, to get a glimpse uh, of the master. So elbows up, legs and knees up. This little guy, he, he climbed. He started climbing. He goes out of the limb just so he can get a glimpse of Jesus. And while while he's looking now that he's arrived at his limb, he's looking only, only not to see him, but to hear his name being called Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, come down. Oh, I'm not coming down. I just got up here. Do you realize what it took me to get up here, Zacchaeus? Look down here because it, it is, it's me that's down here. And Zacchaeus looked and what he had been willing to climb, and to, what he'd been willing to go out on the limb for would have been willing to climb to find he looked down and the Lord had walked down to the bottom of that tree and was looking up to him. Zacchaeus was willing to go to whatever lengths only to realize God was on a dead end course for the trunk of that tree that he was climbing. Please understand something this morning, saint of God please understand something if you're willing to go to whatever lengths for a witness of the Holy Ghost in your life, don't be surprised and don't be offended when he walks up uh, to the bottom of your tree and calls you by name and says, now we're about to do business. I'm about to go to your house. I'm about to go home with you. You're not going home the way you came. You're not going home by yourself. You're taking me with you. And there was that divine convergence that took place for that man in that moment, the right place at the right time. Stand with me. Now this morning, we're a bit quiet. This morning, I'm not, I'm not certain exactly what's supposed to happen right now. But I do know God has prompted us, and as a church family, we've been following after him. And as a church family, we've been seeking him. As a church family, we, we, we've done a lot of things. We've done all that we 
we know to do. We've prayed and we've fasted and we've given and we've been faithful and we've done all the things that we know to do. And so there comes that moment when you know you've done everything that you're supposed to do. And now there's about to be a witness of the Holy Ghost. And you find yourself converging into that roundabout of life. And you understand and know that there's a moving of the Spirit in your world, in your life. And you're just ready. You're just ready for there to be a moment of the miraculous. You're, you're just ready for something to happen. I'm just wondering who's going to be the first person to see your prayer answered in these next few days. And who's going to be the first person to see somebody that you've been praying for walk up to this altar and make some things right with God. Who's going to be the first one who's going to see somebody that means a lot to you that's been backslidden and gotten a long way from God come into this house and fall themselves on the altar and cry out to the God and they're going to come out talking in tongues. Who's going to be the first of us to see a loved one come out of the waters of baptism? There ought to be a faith rise up in your mind and in your spirit today that we've arrived at that moment. We've arrived there and it's with faith we approach it and it's with faith that we accept it and it's with faith we cognize that it's coming to pass in the name of Jesus. Somebody could you just begin to clap your hands and say thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. I know it's happening. I know it's coming together. I know it's working God. I know it's coming together today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's when it's when that spirit comes and face to face with you and you you come together with him. Oh Patrick that day. He's sitting there munching on his sitting there munching on his egg McMuffin when manager walks up and say, Can I have a word with you? You know, I got this feeling. There's somebody you've been praying for is sitting in their place of life. And there's an and they're sitting there and there's about to be an answer walk up and say, Look, this is for you. Hallelujah. And there areas even even now are coming together faith and confidence in the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, would you move in this room right now? Mighty God, would you move in this room right now? Great Redeemer, would you, would you walk into this roundabout of a group of people and have your way in this house? Holy Ghost, would you step into this tabernacle and manifest yourself in the hearts of somebody in the name of Jesus. I believe a backslider can receive the Holy Ghost before this day is over with in this place. That can be a renewing in the Holy Ghost even this morning. I believe that that there is an anxiousness on our part for something to happen. Spirit, break out in this room. Holy Ghost, break out in this room.
Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If your heart is where I'm talking about this day and you're just ready and you're anxious for an answer, I'm challenging you to come up and stand with the front with me. We're going to close this service with a prayer of faith.